0: 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6.
1: Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio.
0: Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. As we move into a Monday, Gary, how are you? Well, it's a bizarre world we live in, is it not? It is just keeps getting weirder and weirder Uh, uh, and weirder and weirder. Hey, I got a question. Yes. Who's in charge of this country? Who's the commander in chief right now? No idea. And let's say that when we
2: came back on Wednesday, the first thing that we said uh, last week was with all, the things, with all the things going on and the number of attacks on American troops... And, you know, going after, as we know, Iran's proxies, including in the Red Sea. Mm -hmm. And this thing heating up. And you and I asked this, nobody in the media is asking, you know, who's making these decisions? And this was before the whole thing with the the, the Secretary of Defense basically missing. And Biden, A New York Post has a great point. How doesn't Biden know that his Secretary of Defense... You're the damn commander in
0: chief, and and we are at war. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at, and it, you've got you've got uh, <laughs> it's you know we may not be uh, at war directly with uh, North Korea, but N- North Korea is lobbing, uh, you know, uh, right. missiles. You've got uh, everything going on between uh, Ukraine and Russia. Uh, you've got uh, the, of course, everything going on with Israel. And what's going on in the Middle East right now? Um, the. <clears throat> and basically. I, and- I almost said a curse word. The, the horrible situation that's building even further in Afghanistan on all of these fronts. Your defsec is in the hospital. You don't even know about it. Who are you communicating with then? Who was the, commu- who, who the commander in chief communicating? Because please tell me. That there is a, a regular communication between the commander-in-chief and the office of the defense secretary every well, single day. How
2: how many how many attacks have there been on American interests from Iran proxies? 50,
0: 75, oh, 80, yeah. Yeah, 100? I was going to say, I and, I lost count. And,
2: and how many attacks every day do we attack back? And you and I asked this question last week. We said you know, with Biden on vacation all this time. He's not sitting with the people at the Pentagon directing this saying, here's what you got to do here, here, here. And there are so many different variables going on. And so we're wondering, we asked the question, who, last Wednesday, first thing when we came back was, well, one of the first things when we came back was, who's giving the orders to do this? Right. You know, there is no communication with the American public. When these things happen, where you would hear, "All right, what happened in this particular case was," uh, or we're not going to tell you because of of uh, you know methods and sources or whatever. If you want to even give that excuse, but the media doesn't ask any questions on this at all. No, and so you don't see. I, they will now. They have. They have been now <laughs> since this came out. But it's like, who the hell's in charge? Which is a totally legit question. It's not an, it's not over the top political rhetoric from the opposition. Right. It's a legit, completely, totally legit question. What the hell is going on? Who's in charge? We're being attacked. We're attacking back. And then we find out that since last Monday, the secretary of defense, Austin, has been in the hospital you know political do the thing of of um oh i can't think of his name national security director jake sullivan holding a meeting and it's like you know where's secretary of defense you know what's where you know where is he? Yeah, right nope. well nope, i mean nope. you, and it's your like, daily briefings right. are you not seeing the empty chair well the thing is he said he was working he was said you know they said well yeah well uh, he was working from home uh-huh. and the, and he goes oh okay uh-huh. but so the defense secretary tells you he's working from home and he's in the hospital? Right. And nobody knows?
0: There's way too many holes in their story.
2: It, it is just, I mean, it's just, you you just shake your head and go, well, I, I guess we were onto something. We were sensing something last week when it was like, who's in charge here? How come we don't hear when these attacks happen that here's a chain of authority when these things go on? Because it's something that the American people want to know. Yeah. You know, what's a chain of uh, authority here? When are, you know, when are we allowed to attack? Who's giving the order to attack right. when we attack back? Right. Those are all legit questions of every administration. Like, media has no interest in it. And all of a sudden we find out that the defense secretary didn't tell anybody and nobody knew. Right. That he was in the hospital. We still don't know what he's in the hospital for. Right. The most
0: transparent administration in history. Well, you know, it it, it it's interesting that you say that because I was thinking about it. it. It even goes beyond transparency; they're not competent enough to be transparent. They don't have the knowledge to be transparent because they don't have a clue what's going on inside their own administration. And and it's I'm I'm good I'm I'm glad because uh, I was just reading the
2: uh, the New York Post and their editorial. Over the weekend, I'm like, okay, it's exactly what we were saying last week. Before, we thought that, you know, he was missing. But it goes, with U.S. forces under regular attack across the Mideast and the U.S. Navy actively engaged with Houthi forces in the Red Sea. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin was out of commission in the hospital from Monday on. Worse, no one told the White House. Worse yet, neither President Biden nor National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan noticed not until the Pentagon let Sullivan know on Thursday. Anyone thinking that the nation is well-led despite Biden's blatant feebleness better think again. Austin and his deputies ignored the law here. While Sullivan was plainly asleep at the switch. Again, with American forces regularly under fire. And and we making the decision to fire back, too. Right, sure, right. Because that, that's... That's in the chain of command. Who's ordering? Who's ordering the attacks back when these things happen?
0: Because on Thursday, they killed the militia leader in Baghdad. This would be the person that that they believed was responsible for so many attacks on U.S. personnel in Iraq. And you and I—that's that's when we renewed that question: Who's giving the orders here? Yeah. And now we learn that that was the same day that they basically. Uh, learned that their death sec was in the hospital.
2: Well, if if Biden isn't even talking to the Secretary of Defense, then who's making the decision? What does the daily briefing look like? Who's populating that meeting? Uh, Because, again, with American forces regularly under fire and we're firing back and our friends in Ukraine and Israel fully at war with Russia and Hamas. Oh, and the public was kept in the dark until Friday. Oh. Meanwhile, Austin's surprise hospitalization Mm. left the deputy defense secretary, Kathleen Hicks, filling in for days from her vacation in Puerto Rico. Wow. Biden uh, returned. And she didn't know. Are they all quiet quitting? Uh, Biden, 81, uh, finished, uh, uh, returned Tuesday from another vacation in the Caribbean and presumably focused the rest of the week on preparing for his Friday campaign speech Again, declaring that our democracy is in danger because of Trump, all of which apparently left him no time for ringing up his defense secretary to check on any foreign threats to said democracy. Uh, Sullivan, meanwhile, is a glorified intern who, in the days before Hamas's October 7th atrocities, was literally bragging in print, about how Biden's leadership has made the Middle East safer than ever. He's also part of the Biden brain trust that still thinks we can make Iran our friend if we just close our eyes tight enough and come up with sufficiently large bribes. So it's no real surprise that he utterly was clueless about the defense secretary going AWOL. We've generally been relieved, Austin, and experienced but non-senile adult is near the top of the national security chain of command even though he could not talk Biden out of his disastrous plan for bugging out of Afghanistan. But his failure and his staffs to alert the guy with the football here is damning and that Biden and Sullivan, heck, the entire National Security Council didn't even notice is beyond damning. It's proof positive that the safety of the country and of U.S. forces now drawing combat pay is off their radar for days at least at a time. How can Democrats dare nominate Biden for a second term now? Because they don't care. They don't care. Look, you saw 80% of the polling out over the weekend, 80% of Democrats believe that Trump should be eliminated from the ballot, Yeah, which means they don't give a damn they don't about care. the Constitution. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care they about democracy. They see this momentum
0: building from all of these states that are removing him from the ballot, yep. and they see this as they're out. Finally, they've got him, which they're not going to. No, they're not.
2: Supreme Court is going to hear
0: it. Yep. So. But, they're, so, but
2: it clearly, I mean, but then again, this is like the whole freedom of speech thing. Remember when the vast majority of Democrats oh, yeah, yeah. were behind getting rid of freedom of speech. Yeah. Because uh, remember, well, uh, freedom of speech, freedom of speech is only for the individual. Yeah, right. It's not for a group of people together. So if you have a group of people, there is no freedom of speech. But on, on the Second Amendment, that right is only for groups of people officially sanctioned by the government, not for
0: the individual. Right. My question to all those Democrats, how many of them also want Biden removed from the ballot? Because his own party is not supporting him. Yeah, Think the, about this. They know. They know how bad it is. This is going to be big this week. Yeah. Yeah, it will. Yeah, the whole thing with Austin is, is well, it, again, you started asking that question as soon as we, it was, the, it was the morning we came back. Yeah, It was Wednesday morning last week. And then uh, the uh, taking out the militia leader in Iraq. We asked that again, right? Who's making these calls? And why isn't anyone inside that press briefing room asking that question repeatedly? Well, after what we learned over the weekend about Austin, it's the only question in the room right now. It should be the first question and only question until they answer it. Who's making the calls? How could you have a daily briefing for days and not know that? Not know he's hospitalized. How does that happen? <laughs> I, I No,
2: I, I don't know. Is that, Biden
0: that, attending his own daily briefings? Or do they just hand him a Rubik's Cube and put him in a chair over in the corner? I mean, this is, we said it after Afghanistan. There's no way to trust this administration. Look,
2: I'm president of the United States. Hmm. All right. Well, number one, that's right. You're going to be my vice president. So you do all the work and I just, I'm single. So I'm looking looking for the chicks.
0: I'm trying Uh, to work a Rubik's cube. I don't know what you're talking about.
2: So so every single day Uh I'm getting a briefing from my national security director. Right. Right. I need to know what's going on in the world. Right. And any and especially now when we're with going on what's going on in Ukraine and Israel, and now then again, as we know, Iran-backed proxies—I mean, dozens, 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 possibly hundreds of attacks on American interests over the the last couple of uh, of, of months—and now we're responding. We took out a militia head, you know. We're we're you know we're uh, escalating. Yeah. Obviously, we're escalating, and you're not talking to your national security director every day and asking him what does Lloyd think about this right now what his assistant thinks right what's going on here what's the plan and I want to hear from the person that I appointed
0: well you know what you know it's really scary we talk about you know the the FBI being involved in Twitter we we talk about well the FBI sitting in parking lots taking down uh, license plate numbers of parents and everything else and all these all this stuff, the, the, this overreach of power. And you think to yourself, my gosh, how, how does this happen? And we talked, We you and I have been talking about for years. Going back to the IRS thing with Lois Lerner. This is a culture. This isn't uh, this grand conspiracy. Yeah, they're working together, but they don't necessarily need to because they're all on point in terms of what the mission is as activists. And when that is the case... Why should we believe that any of them are in place to do the job that they're assigned to do? Think about that. Because you have, you know, uh, NASA, you have, I mean, how many members of the administration out there and all they're doing is promoting climate change stuff, right? Mm -hmm. That's activism. Well, why would they care about who's making the calls? Just let Jake do it. Heck, let Jill do it. Why would they care about any of the roles that they're all supposed to be doing if they're activists to the core? If it's only about reshaping the narrative and fulfilling the activist agenda, then they're not worried about it. And this is some sobering Truth, what's happened and and what we're learning in the last week about the fact that nobody is driving this bus and if somebody is then they need to tell us who that person is there's nobody at the wheel and Elon Musk didn't make this bus it's not supposed to drive itself
2: just amazing
3: it is just yep. frightening Eight six six ninety red eye this report is brought to you by shell rotella with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance electrical systems are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns so when your batteries talk it's important you listen keep an eye out for the warning signs that may indicate your electrical system needs attention to help avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. The most obvious sign that a battery-related issue is present is if your truck has trouble cranking at the proper speed. If you experience any sluggishness when starting your engine, get a full electrical system check from a trusted service provider. Lines
1: open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio.
0: And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain. When you use the code CPREDI, that's the letters cp Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6.
4: Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about...
2: It's Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. I guess up the, you know, I don't know what the law is. I saw the uh, the New York Post say that what happened is what it, what they did was they broke the law. Hmm. That if the that if you're a cabinet head, apparently you have to inform the president that you're in the hospital or incapacitated right. if you can't be doing your job. Right. So I don't know precisely what law it is. I'm just I'm making assumptions based on the New York Post saying. They broke the law by mm. not informing the president, but mm-hmm. like I said, <laughs> the president, let's put it this way: if nobody came around, if his if his cabinet wasn't there, if his national security advisor wasn't there,
0: uh would he ask any questions? It, did Did Austin not tell him because he knew that he wasn't aware? And he wouldn't ask any questions. And hey, he probably won't miss me anyway. Why do I? Why well, do I even need to tell him?
2: Well, if he thought that he was correct, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's
0: <laughs> you need to tell somebody. Tell who? Nobody's in charge here. Who do I tell? I mean, it's we're, we're kind of joking, but it it really is a serious basis for the concern because it's so insane.
2: We're talking about the President of the United States having no idea this defense secretary is in the hospital. For days. For, yeah.
3: Wow.
1: Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America studios.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. Uh, he is Eric Hurley, and uh, and I'm Gary McNamara. Just looking here, uh, reading a, a number of different articles on this. I think really that inside Washington, that blew a lot of people's minds. Yeah, it it yeah. really did. Right, right. It was like what. Secretary of Defense, because people know we're we're in armed conflict. Call it whatever you want. I say war because right. it's war. It may not be a declared war, but it's war. Mm-hmm. We're fighting Iran's mm-hmm. proxies all the time, right. which means we're fighting Iran. Now, we can get all get all the way back to, I guess you could go all the way back to the point that if Biden knew that he was willfully funding Iran's proxies, then maybe he doesn't want to know. Well, what, what the defense secretary is up to because everything here is just so bizarre you think about this you I mean I know you have I just I this is rhetorical but you just you think about this that everything that we have seen you know since we've been on vacation and before everything that we have seen with the violence all of it read every headline all of it is Iran backed yeah. and if this was a Republican president, who had made funds available to the country that's giving the money to terrorists to attack our interest and our soldiers, that Republican and his administration would be all over hearings through Congress on the Hill. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. And remember when we heard during the Obama years that the intel was being changed by the time it got to Obama's desk? Yep is any of it even reaching Biden's desk? Well, this this gets
2: us into the other narrative and when we talk about who's running, you know, who's running the government, look, when even when Trump was in office, you didn't have the FBI doing his bidding.
0: No, they wanted no. the
2: leadership of the FBI wanted him out. We yep, know yep. they wanted him out. Right. And so we've talked about the bureaucracy in the United States where there is a culture of corruption that exists, that is okay. Mm. And you can see the culture of corruption even goes to the Democratic voter when you see that 80% believe Trump should be taken off the ballot. Right. Well, then you don't have any... Now, we understand this because most Democrats don't even understand what the three branches of government are. So they have no idea how the government runs to begin with. So they don't wish to be inconvenienced with the fact that, well, it's unconstitutional if you read it, uh, number 1 only congress can it doesn't involve the president or vice president and number 2 only congress right this this only applies to congress not to states right and how do you know that because this law the or the, this constitutional amendment was passed uh after the civil war and the last thing that the republicans Uh, who proposed all of this from northern states would have done was to give Alabama or Mississippi or Louisiana the ability to destroy a presidential election. Yeah, yeah. So we know this. So it shows that the majority of Democrats either don't have any clue as to what's in the Constitution or they don't care. Right which to me is corruption to begin with, because that's when you think about it, you say we're not going to follow the Constitution and we don't believe in the Constitution. Is that corruption? It may not be criminal corruption. To me, it's political corruption in the United States.
0: Oh, yeah, to me as well. It's and, you know, what's maddening about this is that it's not over. In an election year, all of your enemies or would be enemies are going to test the sitting president. You know, we're dealing with everything on the southern border, dealing with everything abroad, still dealing with Israel. And who knows where that goes? If 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 not for Israel's ability to defend themselves, who knows how bad it would be right now? It is just maddening to think that there is no commander-in-chief. Look, we, we've we been saying since the botched exit of Afghanistan, you can't trust anything coming out of this administration. Right. Now, I just got a question. If everything that happened with Austin last week, you, you look at that situation and ask yourself, wait a minute, Are they even having daily briefings? I mean, what does it even look like? How can you say, oh, no, we have our day? You don't have a roll call? You don't have something mentioned about your defense secretary being in the hospital? That would be a bulletin, a direct hotline bulletin. Mr. President, the defense secretary is being is hospitalized. In his stead, this person is serving. This person will be. Uh, in will be part of those who populate all of the daily briefings until further notice. That's simple.
2: Well, I mean, this is all like the entire balloon thing that came out—the Chinese balloon. Yeah, when we were on vacation and we uh, we found out that the administration uh, actually wanted to keep it secret. Right. But they couldn't because the public figured it out. Right. And number two, this whole thing that, you know, there was nothing that was transmitted back to China. Now they know that this, think about this, this, the and, and I don't know the details of it. I, it's just what I read a uh, couple of, well, last 10 days, whatever, mm-hmm. is is that, you know, this satellite could actually connect to servers on the ground, American servers on the ground. Yeah and go through american servers and deliver the information back to china. Right. So
0: which which all, means all the, real time.
2: Right, so all the bs that they were saying that nothing got out, that's not true. Well, because everything they, from this administration, everything is a lie.
0: They implied at the time and we questioned it then that it was information was being stored on board essentially and that they didn't they never transmitted that information back to China. Right. And now we know they had and we said, wait a minute. Are you kidding me? In in today's age, they don't have real time capabilities of transmitting. Now, how, and I, they, was, I, how, how they was, were
2: using American servers, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Don't, either. I, don't, I don't know. But I there's
0: can't. but there's no way that you you launch a mission like that if you're China and you don't have real time capabilities of communicating All that information that you gather, there's no way. It's a useless mission because you know anything could happen, even some kind of weather event, that destroys your mission. So you want it done in real time. It's just maddening. It really is maddening, the incompetence here. But, you know, again, is it incompetence? Or is it the attitude that they just really don't care? They're not concerned about national security. And and we can just point to the southern border for that.
2: Looking at what Tommy Tuberville uh, uh, tweeted the other day. So the Secretary of Defense is in ICU. And the deputy, deputy Secretary of Defense is lounging on a beach in Puerto Rico. The Armed Services Committee didn't know. Congress didn't know. The media didn't know. The American people didn't know. And the president didn't even know. Wow. I mean, that's just... It's-
0: and honestly, I have to believe that there is some of the... Uh, he really doesn't know what's going on anyway. Why should I even call him? That mentality has to be alive to some extent. And here's here's the, the reality.
2: Because we've talked about this before. And this was... Uh, Representative Don Bacon said this. We have a 15-minute warning time for nuclear attacks from Russia and China with the latest weapons. The Secretary of Defense is vital in responding. The failure to tell the White House that the Secretary of Defense was in ICU for three days is a failure in leadership. Well. Wow. Uh, we need corrections now. Wow. it's just amazing. I mean, are you just you, you just you shake your head and you go, "What you know?" Every single day, every single day, it gets worse.
0: Well, and this is right now at a critical point. Yeah, it was with us when we saw the botched exit of Afghanistan. All of our allies were shaken by that. All of the any trust that they had. And this administration was gone,
2: and, and I want to make it clear here because, as we know, this the Secretary of Defense didn't tell anybody, and they didn't know. Think about this too, because this is really interesting. That when you go back to Afghanistan, remember when all the generals went before Congress, yeah, and basically said no, they didn't tell the president. Remember the president was saying right. no. Everybody agreed that we need to fully, you know, pull out every single aid and every single aid. Every single military person thought the opposite. Think about this. Because that went on for a while before they actually testified mm-hmm. and Biden's lie kept going. there were never there was never a leak from the from from the Pentagon stating, no, what the president is telling you is wrong, the Pentagon did not want to pull out of Afghanistan. You never got that no, only when they testified. You think that in a Republican administration, if that would have happened, and the President of the United States had lied. During wartime, about what the generals were telling him, you you think that that would have been buried under the rug?
0: Never, 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 no. And how the media? I asked you in the pre-show meeting. How's the media? Not shouting right now for answers,
2: well, because you know they've they've <laughs> they have to do the January sixth stuff, oh yeah okay, and defend Claudine gay oh, I mean, yeah, we'll get to yeah. those oh, I mean there's just, <laughs> just who uh somebody in National review goes this is like the uh, the uh was it the uh oh what do you call it from calvin and Hobbes um it was it was hilarious because mm. basically that this is a game that's going on where there are no rules, yeah. Right. And I forgot what they call it. Not Calvinism. I can't think of what it's Mm -hmm. called. Um, Which is, you know, and it's like the same here. It goes, they're not even sticking to their narrative. Mm -hmm. It's whatever fits. He goes, they're absolutely so paranoid about losing DEI. They are so behind anti-Semitism, so behind racism, that they're just losing their freaking minds. And we'll get to that article coming up here. Uh, in a little bit because there is, you know, there's... Well, no, I mean, it's it's,
0: it's what we mentioned earlier. Everything is about, you know, let's, oh, it's got to be climate change. It's got to be about, uh, uh, you know, the uh, uh, liberal transgender movement, everything else that they're focused on, and they're not focused on national security because they don't care. They simply don't care. You know, when the the word came out of them striking and, and killing that militia leader in Iraq, I thought, who had concern enough to do that? I look. If it is the person that's responsible for attacking uh, U.S. personnel, I want them taken out. I support the move. Oh yeah, yeah. That's the whole point of the question. Wow, it was kind of surprising somebody from this administration cared to do their job. And I just, it, but it's why we were asking the question last week. Who's in control? Who's making these calls? Where well, is any
2: communication? For God's sakes, when Soleimani was taken out, yeah. that was three, was, four months yeah.
0: of the media questioned Non-stop. whether it was the right
2: thing to do. Nonstop. And who and who called for it and you know, how did it happen and exactly. everything else?
0: This happens nothing. 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 And we were convinced that Biden's not in control, so somebody else had to be making these calls last week, and now you see it. They didn't even know their defense secretary was in ICU? Jeez. Second in command on a beach? I mean, wow.
2: I know. I, I'm, most of us right now that are working uh uh feel more <laughs> dedication i was to gonna say jobs.
0: you you would get <laughs> you know things like that get you fired. fired yeah i mean it's like you're going out of your way to hide from the boss i i don't know how what happens with austin i i don't he's I don't never know. fired
2: anybody has he, he,
0: he I, uh, I don't no. think Biden's fired ever no. fired anybody no no But I don't know what happens going forward, but this is maddening. Somebody needs to be asking these questions that we've been asking, and Monday morning will be interesting.
2: 866-90-RED-EYE.
1: Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
2: It's Red Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. The media just can't let go, the DEI thing with uh, Claudine Gay. We'll get to that uh, uh, coming up here following uh, the top of uh, the hour. And DeSantis is not going to pull out. That was that rumor uh, yesterday. Yeah, uh,
0: you know, it's he made a comment about uh, Iowa and then kind of like, you know, beyond Iowa uh, in recent days that made it sound like he doesn't have any plans to pull out. But March 5th is Florida. And do you want to lose your home state as a sitting governor of that state? And maybe he doesn't have a concern.
3: Top of the hour news is brought to you by House Products. Visit houseproducts.com.
1: This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio.
2: All across America and around the planet, he is Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Welcome. Download our Rudd Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. All right, this is the one sentence that just blows both of our minds, and Mm. and you asked a great question. You said, is the administration lying? And we know they lie about everything. Yeah, right. We know this. Right. You know, we know that the president lied about what the generals told him uh, about Afghanistan. Uh, But this is the one where you look at it and you just go, my God. The Deputy Secretary of Defense was not told that Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin had been hospitalized when she assumed some of his duties on Tuesday, two defense officials confirmed to CBS News. Deputy Secretary of Defense Catherine Hicks was informed of Austin's hospitalization on Thursday, officials said Hicks was in Puerto Rico and returned on Saturday according to the officials. I don't buy that at all. Now, Austin has been hospitalized since January 1st due to complications following a minor elective medical procedure, the Pentagon said on Friday, in its first acknowledgement of the hospitalization. Austin spent time in the ICU, according to administrative uh, officials. The White House was also not aware of Austin's status until days after he was admitted to Walter Reed National Military Medical Center, a Biden administration official told CBS News. So you're saying, because this is how it's written, the Deputy Secretary of Defense was not told that the Defense Secretary had been hospitalized when she assumed some of his duties on Tuesday. So you go, okay, what's the scenario? Somebody comes up to you, whoever that is, in the Defense Department, and says, you're going to assume some of the duties of the Defense Secretary. What's the next question out of your mouth? Why?
0: What is he doing? Where is he? So did they lie to her? Because that it's either that they lied to her or everybody's lying about how this went down. And then, you know, when we talk about, you brought up last hour, the... You know, the uh, botched exit of Afghanistan. But during that whole thing, uh, Biden was, you know, saying, well, he was lying. And he was saying all the generals agreed, all the generals were on board, all the generals. Then we found out later that that wasn't the case. Well, are we being lied to from the Biden team about Austin? Did they know? Were they told? And he just flubbed it, didn't remember didn't get it didn't understand it or for whatever reason is not aware of it or didn't care I don't know this is why it's so maddening because you can't trust anything that's coming out because if Austin lied to everybody he needs to be gone yeah because it's it's not good enough that you that you gave it to your second in command To assume the post. If you lied about why you couldn't do that job. Then you need to be gone. And there's no two ways around that. And by the way. If the Biden administration is lying. The American people deserve to know. But I don't think we'll ever learn. Truth about that. At least not right away. But this is why we bring up the question. They were lying about the botched exit of Afghanistan all along. Why wouldn't they be lying about this?
2: Look, they lie about stuff that's, you know, that, uh, well, as you said, we get into gaslighting. The border is secure. Yeah. Yeah. We all know it's not. I mean, they're, they're lying, I mean, they're, it's, they're it's lying like,
0: about everything.
2: And and so you look at it and you say, what aren't they lying about right now? And so you have to look and say, okay, if lying is pathological mm-hmm. throughout this administration, who the hell knows what the truth is
0: here? Right. Did somebody tell somebody in the Biden administration, but nobody got it all the way to Joe?
2: Do they keep these things from Joe do because keep, he might get upset? Right. And there's, there's nothing his, to get
0: upset about. Well, but but, but but again, if if he is, he was making a public it, appearance on Friday. I mean, right. if he, if he, if he's set to do a campaign speech on Friday, there are things you don't want him to have top of mind where he goes off script, so you don't tell him. I'm just throwing possibilities out. I'm not saying that happened. This is what happens when you have a
2: pathological, uh, you know, pathological line administration.
0: Right. Because imagine he steps up and, and you know, he's going to make a speech. You know, he steps up and, uh, oh, listen, uh, you know, our, our thoughts to Defense Secretary Austin, who's in the hospital. And then, then everybody's going, I'm sorry, what? well, don't worry. His second in command is is in charge. Well, okay. Where is she? Oh, on on a beach in uh, Puerto Rico. I mean, that goes south very quickly. If Joe knows about it and opens his mouth about it, like many things. Well, this isn't much better. That's what I mean. <laughs> That's what I mean. There's there there isn't there isn't. You've got every reason to not tell him. And they have no concern with lying to the American people. No. None. So anything is possible. John Stamos at one point could have been the acting defense secretary last week at some point is what I'm saying. That's how bizarre this thing is. And I'm only halfway joking. Because if they're willing to lie about Afghanistan throughout the, the exit of Afghanistan, over and over and over, and we learned afterwards the president trying to convince the then president of Afghanistan to go along with the lie and repeat the lie with him. And all of this, and the top generals were not on board. In fact, the top general had stepped down during that summer. If you recall, that was a red flag for us. It gets down to the question, what do you, what do you trust here? This is not a small thing. Well, you know, because even Politico, the you know, liberal
2: publication, at a White House meeting last week, Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor, noticed that Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin was absent. A top Pentagon official, Sasha Baker, was there in his place. There was nothing obviously unsettling about this. Austin was scheduled to work from home, and lower-level aides often sit in for their boss. But what neither Sullivan nor Baker knew at the moment was that Austin was already hospitalized at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center with complications from an undisclosed surgical procedure. And remember, in ICU. Right. Which means you're incapacitated. At that point, you can't make decisions. You can't make decisions. Right. Days later, Austin's secret hospitalization has spiraled into a drama engulfing the upper echelons of the Biden administration. Senior White House officials are struggling to answer questions about who knew what and when about the former general's medical emergency. Criticism is pouring in from Congress and the media, and since the Pentagon won public with the situation on Friday night, New reports are coming in, including Politico's disclosure disclosure on Saturday evening that the Pentagon had not informed the president nor the National Security Council for days that Austin was indisposed. The strange saga has fixed Washington on one question. Actually, two. Politico only has one because the other one leads right to the president. The strange saga has fixed Washington on one question. What's going on with the Secretary of Defense? And the second question, how the hell didn't the president or the people around the president ask questions of, where the hell's Lloyd? Right. We're in armed conflict right now all across the Middle East. Right. He's just been gone for a while. Nobody really cares. Wow. Wow. White House and Pentagon aides insisted Austin's job is not in jeopardy, at least not yet. But they're sticking to that line despite seeming to lack full information on what actually has been going on at the Pentagon. And that's the thing. Even now, you can't get any information. And the stuff you get doesn't make sense. Yeah. The CBS report, oh, no, she was uh, given some of the responsibilities on Tuesday. Mm. What do you mean some of the responsibilities? Yeah. And what's the first question you ask if you're the deputy secretary and you're on a beach and then you get the call? By the way, you need to take some of the secretary's responsibilities this week. First question would be, why? Why? I'm on vacation. Where's he? And they claim they never told her until Thursday.
0: Just it absolutely. Some my of the responsibilities. That's a whole new line of questions.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: What are some? Because the most important responsibilities went to who? Which... Uh, that's a yeah rhetorical question. Right. Yeah, right. Which responsibilities went to who? And if some of the responsibilities went somewhere, are they saying that Austin still retains some of his responsibilities from the ICU? Yes. <laughs> Everything... Everything
2: is a frustrating puzzle with this administration, number one, because the pathological line that's going on and the president's, you know, uh, loss of cognitive abilities. And it leaves everything open at that point going, who the hell is running the country right now? Let's go to uh, Dan in Colorado. Dan, welcome. You're on Rudd Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi, Dan.
5: Good morning, gentlemen. You know, if I didn't show up to work,
2: uh, my dispatcher or somebody in the office would try to call me and ask me what my problem was. Yeah. And if they couldn't get a hold of me, they'd probably try to call my wife, yeah. who is, you know, the... Uh, emergency contact right so you know i come to the conclusion that it there's one of two things that's going on
0: either they're asleep at the wheel or as you guys have said somebody's smoking weed yeah right <laughs> yeah no i mean you make yeah. the point there and as as we mentioned dan and, and thank you for the call in the comments uh this is you get fired for this
2: now wait a minute we didn't say that anybody was smoking weed but
0: we should have Yes. No, thank you, Dan, for introducing us. And, and how dare we not introduce it in the first half. Thank you, Dan, for straightening us out on that. Appreciate that. But, I mean, think about that. You know? Uh, he's right. It's a truck driver. Dispatch is going to reach out. Then they're going to call. You know, if they can't reach him, they're going to call his wife. Have you heard from him? You know? And, you know, it's... And imagine, Dan, you know, Dan just didn't tell somebody. He just took the day off. You know? Or... or in any role. In any job. Yeah. Now,
2: well, if I don't show up for work, you're going to say, oh, gee, she's either dead or was in an automobile accident on the way to work, there, right? there's, a,
0: there's a great concern. Yeah. And so, think about...
2: And my job is nothing compared to the Secretary oh, yeah. of Defense of the United States of America.
0: <laughs> exactly where I was going. You're the Defense Secretary... I would be freaking out if my doctor said, we have to admit you into ICU. Now, if he wasn't aware, if he wasn't awake when they made that decision or something, somebody near him, his team, somebody on that team makes that call. That's a red alert call to the White House. Directly and immediately. And without fail, there's a lot of lies being told here. Well,
2: let's put it this way. If the president had said Tuesday through Thursday, I need to talk to Lloyd Austin, what the hell happens at that point? Right. Right. Well, we don't know who's in charge. Well, who's taking over his responsibilities? Well, we have some responsibilities being taken by you know, the uh, Assistant Secretary of Defense. Right. You mean he's in ICU and he still has responsibilities? Right. Well, where is the assistant in Puerto Rico? Well, does she know he's in the hospital? No. Is she on her way back here? Somebody get her back here. We need her back here now.
0: You know, it doesn't matter what they Uh, say um, you know, Monday or any time this week and try and, you know, make up for this whole thing because here's what 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 should have happened if this if this was on uh, if this was some kind of major misunderstanding, we would have heard it from the administration already. There would have been an explainer statement already. The media had it wrong, so and so had it wrong. No, there was Now I think they're still going to try and say that, but I'm talking about the timing of it. If you could explain this They would have explained it by now. And they can't. So I don't trust that's with anything from this administration. I don't trust it anyway. But that's specifically why you can't trust anything they say on this going forward.
4: 86690 Red Eye. Brought to you by FPPF Fuel Power Max. Uncompensated detention at docks frustrates drivers of all stripes. If you're an owner-operator, you have at least some control over the matter. Make the subject a standard part of your rate and or contract negotiations on the front end. You can use your own numbers to calculate an hourly rate to compensate for lost income opportunity, as well as fixed costs, which don't stop when the truck stops. Those two elements of a fair detention rate were deemed appropriate by most of Overdrive's audience almost a decade ago. We've used income, fixed costs, and miles average of our owner-operator business services from ATBS's clients to compute an average $64 an hour detention rate then, and 10 years later, the figure is $83 an hour. Use your own numbers to calculate your rate. A simple conversation with any broker or shipper or your carrier, if you're leased, about what you're putting in the rate might yield results you don't expect. Owner-operator business 101 is provided by Overdrive's Partners in Business program. Go to overdriveonline.com to the partners and business section of the website for more details on this and many
3: other topics. Brought to you by Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance.
1: We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Curley and I'm Gary McNamara, uh, the defense secretary debacle. Let's go to Ralph in Tennessee. Ralph, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi.
4: Hi. How you doing? Good. Good. Okay. Uh, my question is, okay, this is my observation. The secretary of defense is in ICU. The deputies on the beach in Puerto Rico, the person who actually made the call to get a hold of that deputy to get them back to
2: Washington, that sounds like they're the only ones with the common sense enough, and maybe they should be in charge of the Secretary of the well, Department of Well, not really. He called her, by the way. It's a, She's a, the Deputy Secretary, is a her. Um, she, uh, wait a minute. Am I using wait, the proper pronoun? Say, we don't know
0: how that person identifies. <laughs> wait a minute. So... I'm,
2: I'm taking liberties here. Sorry, I Ralph. don't know how she identifies, so yeah. I apologize, Ralph, for that, but... Uh, the only thing is, okay, but they, they they called her. They called her on Thursday or on Tuesday, and told her apparently. Well, all they said was the defense officials told CBS she was informed on Tuesday that she would take over some of his responsibilities, but she did not know he was in ICU. And so right. we asked this question. We said, if somebody calls me and says, "Well, you need to fill in. You need to take these responsibilities from." You know, Eric, for example, things mm-hmm. you might do. My first question would be, why? Where's Eric? Right. Now, oh, well, I agree with that. I'm just saying whoever made the call should have been the one being in charge right. if he's going to make that call.
0: Yeah, we just don't know who that well, is. Yeah, we There's too many unanswered who That is, and, and your second question, oh, Gary, and thank you, Ralph, for the call. Yeah. And the second question um, uh, would be, if they called you and, you know, you gotta, you got to take over Eric's duties, would be, what does Eric do? don't call it a you need list. to
2: take over eric's responsibility what what is it what what you do here what what would that what would that be <laughs> well, exactly take the right from office space <laughs> yeah. um,
0: exactly what what, what what would that be i what I is it mean? that you do here? what is it that you do here i <laughs> don't trust anything about this no. whole situation
1: Call and join the conversation. one 90 red eye Red Eye Radio.
2: And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Wow, that was uh, scary. The Alaska Airlines yeah, that panel flew out. I wonder, wonder if anybody has speculated, what would the damage have been if that plane was at 40,000 feet instead of 16,000?
0: I, I can't imagine. And I have oh. to believe that everybody that was on board that flight, when it happened, the passengers, were concerned that it could be ultimately catastrophic. It's amazing that it was not, and no one was injured. Uh, According to reports, a cell phone was, was sucked out of that hole that was left by what they call a plug. Alaska Airlines doesn't use that panel for an emergency exit. Other airlines do. And so Alaska Airlines and other airlines that may not use it as an exit put what's called a plug. That's why it looked like a door came out. You know, mm-hmm. it was a panel that's called a plug. Um, you know, the, the passengers, of course, they lost cabin pressure. They, they're they greatly concerned. The crew turned around. Uh, the, uh, the the pilot turned the plane around and went back to Portland. The Uh, 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 The National Transportation Safety Board said that that particular plane had some cabin pressure warning signs that went off a few times leading up to this event, not on that day. And they don't know if it's related at all. But that particular plane had been restricted from flying over water. No long flights for that plane until they could figure that out. um, And that way, if there was something that that light came on again. Or something happened, they could turn turn around, so it was restricted to shorter flights. Uh, but it makes you wonder. And, and also on that aisle, aisle 26, the two seats right next to that plug were empty. Empty, yeah. And I, I don't know what would have happened. You assume that someone would have had their seatbelt on, even when they... T- tell you to put it on, I mean, if they were in that seat, uh, one of those two seats, uh, even when they tell you to put it on, sometimes, you know, before you get to full elevation, people will undo their seatbelt, maybe if they've got to go to the restroom or something, so there's no telling. That could have been much worse, but I can't imagine how scary that would have been.
2: Do you remember that Hawaiian airline? Yeah. Where the whole top of it, people were sucked out of that. Yeah.
0: The the footage of that plane landing i know was just bizarre you could see as it was landing you could see the passengers yeah i i just can't imagine i mean that would have to that's that's going to be something that is going to be traumatizing for those individuals for quite some time
2: yeah, that's that's the kind of thing where you land and nobody is hurt and you they say, "Well, we're going to put you on the flight an hour from now." Could you give me 2 hours? That yeah. way I can have 8 drinks.
0: Right. Before yeah, I get on exactly. The plane. You have any Greyhound tickets? <laughs> I mean, I I just I don't know that I could get on a plane right away. I in fact, I'd tell you right now, I probably wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't. Because the same reason that that fleet was grounded, I want to know what's going on. I want to know why that happened before I get back on a plane.
2: Yeah, I, I would, you know, being an odds person, the mm-hmm. odds that, you know, these things are so rare. The odds that it would happen on your next flight just aren't there.
0: Yep. It's not a, enough it's, to convince me. I yeah, think I'd still yeah. stay on the ground until somebody tells me why that happened.
2: Yeah, I'd... Uh... I'd be out. Hey, I'm flying. Well, I'm not flying the same plane, but I'm flying on Friday. They won't have an answer yet. (laughs) And I'm flying over the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, you know, because look, uh, things happen. By the way, that that plug, that panel, a guy found it in his backyard. That was my next question after the story, you know, the story came out and we, we knew that it had landed safely. No one was injured or worse. And, and then my next question was, yeah, but where did that panel go? Because they weren't over water. It landed somewhere. There's a lot of, you know, in that region, there's a lot of forest area, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, uh you know, where where oh, yeah, Bigfoot that's... and D.B. Cooper both live.
2: <laughs> yeah, because it was, oh, I'm sorry. Hmm. I forgot to tell you.
0: What? Your D.B. Cooper? No. Oh.
2: Where the panel dropped. I talked to Leafy. Yeah. He described me where it dropped. It dropped probably within 1,000 feet of where I used to live in Portland. (laughs) Yeah. On the other side of Sylvan Hill is what I heard. Thank goodness nobody was hurt on the ground. Over near Southwest Barnes. Yeah. When he told me, I go, wait, that's where I lived. Yeah. Couldn't believe it when he told me that. I'm like, I live there. Yeah. So it's. It's right in the, the major – because I was right on the border of the the entire, you know, huge city forest. Yeah. I mean, it looks like – I mean, you're in the middle of, you know, of, of two million people. Right. But there's this huge forest in the middle of it all. And I lived right outside of it as you get down near uh, – what is it? Uh, Cedar Hill, I think
0: it is. Mm-hmm. down there, Exactly where I lived. I mean, mm-hmm. it was right there, right in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So I forgot about that. Well, <laughs> and you know, I mean, that – the the plane was in motion. So it's not like being dropped from like a helicopter that might be hovering. So I wonder again, I mean, if that panel, when it hit the ground, it had to have skipped. And I don't know how far it's going to be some media on that. If not already, local media is probably already on it. I just haven't seen it. Uh, But the guy where it ultimately landed, and his backyard has already talked to the media, but you look at that situation, and and I can't imagine how frightening that was.
2: Oh, it's hor it's got to yeah. be horrifying when it happens right. because you and you know what's horrifying. It's not you know once it, the it blew, you know it, you're you're like okay everybody's safe nobody died, but what you're thinking is. It's going to break open bigger. Well, I mean, that's that's that's, the that's terror the that you deal with. Well, and down. The,
0: and the reports and came the out. noise, the noise yeah. is just yeah. No, that had to have right. been a, a highly unsettling. The you know uh, the the uh, depressurization of the cabin, all of that. You know, but when you when you look at that, and and the reports came out from witnesses that the 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 flight crew was telling individuals, look, we need you to stay seated. You know, and everybody was you know everybody's confused. Very nervous, very upset about this if you're a passenger. One lady screaming, my son's blanking shirt was torn off. I don't know. I'd like to know the full story on that. Yeah, so would I. That was that was pretty wild. But uh, a cell phone, and I think they said a stuffed animal, and, and somebody's shirt uh, was taken out of the void. And, but you have to look at it from the cruise, you know, point of view no everybody everybody sits down in in any situation like this in a normal landing you know they've got to go through their protocol but in this situation too they need everybody to be seated be seated in your assigned seat too and also you know stay there until the crew can do their post trip there because on on something like this you have to know you have to be 100% certain that there yeah. are no missing persons here.
2: I'm sure they got that plane down very quickly. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to guess minute, minute and a half is all it took to get below 10,000 feet. And then, Yeah, you would have to. Uh, and, and that's you,
0: probably the first thing they ask for from, uh, from the, uh, the towers is permission to get below 10,000.
2: I don't know if you asked me. You may ask. You may demand. I'm going down under ten. Well, yeah. I mean, feet. you're we declaring
0: an off. emergency, but you still yeah, have to communicate. That,
2: yeah, that's a mayday.
0: Yeah, yeah. You still have to communicate yeah.
2: that. But yeah. if you and so it, it probably didn't take them that long to get down there. So, mm-hmm. but still, you just and don't, what were they at fourteen? was sixteen thousand?
0: Sixteen when they when right, it happened. Yeah.
2: Right, which is a. The, I mean, the lack of pressure at thirty five thousand feet is a lot greater. You know the the difference on oh. the, the 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 shell of the plane. Yeah. Would have been much greater at thirty-five thousand feet, which that's where you look at and go, okay, that panel blew out, and so was it just the individual panel and the the uh, the, the structure was actually intact? Everything uh, is it? Is it you know,
0: because of some human intervention? Is it? I mean, so many questions. If I'm sitting on that plane, those are all the questions going through my mind. Oh
2: yeah, because you don't know if it was a bomb.
0: I, I don't know. Yeah, you don't know. And, you know, so it's, it's a, you know, I I just a scary situation, but it did remind me of that, that flight to Hawaii where they're coming in. And I mean, I'm sure it's all over YouTube, but we saw it on the news. I don't know how many times It was years ago. Yeah.
2: Decades ago. Oh
0: yeah. And it was just frightening to watch this thing as it was landing and looking at the people seated in that plane
2: and, and and that's when you looked at it as if you as an engineer i looked at that and said how the hell is that plane still together yeah yeah you know how did it break up in the air because oh, that whole top was off of the the front part of it yeah that was just unbelievable right
0: yeah i mean just i mean i it's it's you know that's just i'm happy that nobody a horrible was horrible situation to to have to go through Everyone on that flight has to be thanking their lucky stars, thanking God that this is, that it was over and that nobody was hurt.
2: Yeah, that was just weird. But you're right, that was D.B. Cooper. was. It's about in that, in that I mean, D.B. Cooper was north.
0: Yeah, yeah. More near
2: the the, right. the, the Tootle River. Yeah. Uh, I think so I'm probably fifty miles north, but still it's the same. Well he built
0: his cabin <laughs> south though. <laughs> From what I've heard. He wanted to be closer to Bigfoot. Um yeah, uh that is uh, that is scary. That is scary. Yeah, that
2: was Aloha uh Airlines flight two forty three hmm. was the one with uh yeah, or I believe the whole top of it. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I mean, you look at it. There's no way. I mean, I'm just looking at it right now, and from my memory, because I hadn't looked at it in years, it was like other. Oh, and now I'm looking at it right now because you're. It's below the seats. It's it's the the cut in the plane is down in the baggage compartment. There's it's no that such. Low. There's the no such. Yeah,
0: no such thing as a convertible commercial airliner. Yeah, I mean, you and look, that's what it looked like.
2: You look at that right now, and you're saying. How did that one how, ever how, stay together? How, how
0: did they get it to the ground? Yeah.
2: And what type of, you know, well, how do they have control of the instruments? A lot of the lines, again, maybe the lines were lower, but yeah. you look at
0: it. Maybe the lines went were, through the belly.
2: Yeah, maybe the lower belly maybe because
0: yeah.
2: they couldn't have run through the upper part of it. Right. Wow. Jeez. All right. Maybe I sit at the bar and take the flight out the next morning.
0: Well, I'm certainly going to take up smoking. I'm going. To, I'm not going to tell you what I'm smoking, but I'm going to take up smoking after that. <laughs> wow. What, I'm trying to, what year was it?
2: Uh, wow, there was only one fatality in that. Yeah. In that. Wow. Right. Yeah. And that was the flight attendant, apparently, that mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm that was sucked out of the plane. Right. That was 1988 Boeing 737-297. Wow. Wow. Amazing. 866-90-RED-EYE.
1: Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
2: It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Wow. Uh, the left just cannot get off this DEI thing and the clotting gay mm. uh, resignation and everything else. They are just going to double, triple down yep. on promoting anti-Semitism and racism. It really is amazing to watch. But uh, an interesting editorial I read over the weekend, which was just like, <laughs> they're just insane right now. The media is just insane They don't even know where they're going. It's like everything is just an emotional reaction to anything that they hear, Yeah, yeah. which to the point of you and I've talked about this, they don't even know what they said last week on a particular topic. And so they're defending indefensible positions because they're just so angry with everything that's going on. Right, But nothing makes sense. So we'll get to uh, that. Well, let's spend a couple of hours
0: talking about the Golden Globes. You know, when I learned that the Golden Globes happened last night, when I woke up to news alerts, sorry, New York Post, I really don't care. Of some of the winners, I was like, all right, I don't care. I don't care. And also, I don't care. And I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not going to spend that kind of time on it. Yes. I just, that's, I just, it's, I didn't know
2: until I came into work and I started searching. That you know, was it. just, yeah. It's like I start going through all my different websites. Seeing what stories are out there, I'm like, oh, that's right, the golden globes. Oh. oh, Taylor Swift left early. She wasn't happy with something. I really don't care. Yeah, I don't <laughs> care.
0: I just don't care. <laughs>
2: you mean she wasn't at the Kansas City game?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh it's uh well and I wondered, you know, I mean the the, the award shows have just lost pretty much yeah. all of the interest, you know, that they used to have by most Americans. And I have to assume that that's the case with the Golden Globes Globes last night. It's still in decline, but I guess we'll wait and see what the ratings were.
1: This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Carley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio.
2: All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. All right. Football, what do you got? Football playoffs are all set. Okay. There you go. Wild card weekend next weekend.
0: All right. So
2: your Cowboys won. I yeah, didn't know, I saw that. I didn't know. I didn't know the Bills won
0: <laughs>
2: because I just, uh, I've got to sleep. Mm hmm and you know when they play a night game and so even when i get up i knew they're playing i got to focus on the show mm-hmm. so i just don't even i don't look at anything
0: and i then, had two news alerts from news stations covering that yeah and that's how i learned uh that both of them won well actually
2: when i went to fox when i came in i figured okay i'll see it on fox whatever i didn't mm-hmm. see it on any news site that i went to that they had uh, beat miami and and uh uh, it wasn't until I got a, a message from a buddy of mine, my buddy Jerry, it, it, visiting him and his wife Mary in uh, Florida over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot. That means we'll go to, uh, oh, I forgot the name of the place. Oh, Two Frogs. Yeah. All right. The, the brewery in Tarpon Springs. Right. We'll stop in there. But when he was saying, all right, they play one o'clock Sunday, so, um, and I'm leaving Sunday. So it's like, and we're going here. You're going to need to Uber to the airport. <laughs> right. So at halftime, I'm Ubering to the airport and flying all right. back. So I'll watch it. I'll watch it at the airport, and then I think the Cowboys played after that. Philadelphia has to go on the road to play. That was like, whoa, really? Mm.
0: Wow. <clears throat> yeah. You know. Yeah, the Cowboys play at home. I saw that from WFAA. Uh, they won the uh, NFC East. So, all right, we'll see where it goes.
2: Yeah. and so what do you have uh San Francisco okay so it would be San Francisco and Baltimore have the bye next weekend all right everybody else has to uh has to play so yeah but uh you yeah. know we'll see yeah it's what america wants it will be the one sporting event whoever's in it, that mm. will dominate all other sporting events in the United States.
0: Mm.
2: It even beats
0: European football. You mean soccer? <laughs> you say European football, that's when the Cowboys go to London to play? <laughs> was, he, was he... I think Jacksonville, they
2: lost yesterday. It was Jacksonville. They... They played two weeks in a row in London. Yeah. Oh, did you hear? Mm. I don't know if it's next
0: year or the year after, mm. a game in Brazil. Oh, that's gonna be a madhouse. That's gonna be a madhouse.
2: There's it's gonna be it's gonna be a football game followed by a rush concert. I'm kidding.
0: You ever see the, the then the followed by an Iron Maiden concert? Oh, that's right, because they did the same thing. That's right.
2: The, yeah, those those people go crazy over
0: stadium well, concerts. They well, go, there's going to be a riot first of all, you know, about halfway through the game, because the people of Brazil are going to be wondering why aren't you kicking the ball instead of passing it? <laughs> it will be interesting. This man. isn't football. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good luck to whoever. I don't care.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Go team. Go sports. Yay! All right, I got an audio cut. I got to play. All right. And this is where, and we st- we did we we're going to be doing this a lot lately because the left wants to rehash all the arguments again. And as long as it does, it's like great. You give us the opportunity. To defeat your argument because you wish to talk about it. Right. The way that the left, this is some advice to the left, the way right now on the majority of the issues that you're defending, that you have the best possible way of winning an election while still believing it is to not talk about that issue. Yeah. And we'll get to the DEI stuff here in just a a little bit. But the other one that I thought was fascinating yesterday and uh, the poll that came out that showed 80% of Democrats believe states should disqualify Trump from the 2024 ballot. Now, what does that mean? It's absolutely clear. It's as clear as the First Amendment. Oh, that's not clear to the left. It's as clear as the Second Amendment. Oh, that's not clear to the left either. It's as clear as the Fourth. oh, wait a minute. That's not uh, clear. It's like the Fifth Amendment. Oh, they all understand that one. Uh, but this is where Pelosi was on with Stephanopoulos mm. about, you know, is Trump el- I- I- ineligible to be president? Mm-hmm. And you can tell he even knows because he says it's the Constitution. Because yes. she says, well, they have different laws from state to state. And his, he goes, it's the Constitution, not the state to state laws. Right. And then he never really got into the minutia mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. and let her get away with it. But none of it made sense. But it just it's very important to know, again, there are a few reasons. If 80% of Democrats believe that states should disqualify Trump, it means 80% of Democrats have no idea what's in the Constitution. the 14th amendment none they're completely and totally clueless yep now either that's the one point they're completely and totally clueless or they know what the 14th amendment says and they don't care yeah they don't care what the constitution says they didn't care what the Constitution says on the Second Amendment. They don't care what it says on the First Amendment. They don't care. All they want is what they want, when they want it, and they want it now. Mm-hmm. And this is the evidence right there because absolutely clear in the 14th Amendment, the states have nothing to do with being able to opt out and find somebody ineligible to be president of the United States. Congress has the authority to do that. That's absolutely clear. And the president, even if Congress does it, well, I don't have to go to the second point. I don't even got to go to the second point. Why bother going to the I'm being I, I don't need to go there. Congress decides not the states. Right. It's absolutely clear in the law. The states don't have a say. The only say they have is in the primary system. Yeah, and and you know they're they're elect uh they're electors, right? But they don't get to sit there and say, "Nope, that we're going to keep this person from running." They've never had that ability to do so. And so it shows that the Democrats either don't care about the and the majority this is a rank and file. We're not talking about the actual political party. We're talking right. about the rank and file voter who is completely clueless on the Constitution. And I want to play this here because this is Pelosi on with Stepanopoulos. Stepanopoulos knows what the law is when he says it's the Constitution. But
3: here we go. If you believe he engaged in insurrection under the plain meaning of the 14th Amendment, you believe he's ineligible to be president? Those
6: laws, those are up to the states. They have different laws from state to state. I don't think he should ever have the been Constitution president. but nonetheless, that, that, uh, that uh, there there is a view of the Constitution in Article 14, Section 3, that he should not be uh, able to run for president. But that's not the point. The point now is um, that again, different states have different laws. We don't think in California that it it applied.
0: She's all over. She doesn't know what the hell she's talking about herself. No, she doesn't. And and here's the thing: no you know, idea. There's, there's a view <laughs> of the Constitution. You know, that's her way of saying um, that's uh, their interpretation of the Constitution. I, uh, I don't care what your interpretation is. It's what the Constitution says. Right. You know, it's like the but you can tell she wasn't even committing to that cuz no. he
2: he, he said it's the constitution she goes well yeah i mean there's a uh, there's certain interpretations of the constitution but that's not the point different states of different laws doesn't matter whether different states have different laws she goes from she goes from a weak point to begin with to, to even weak to even point. saying
0: i got to get out of this yeah. weak
2: point and go to a weaker point
0: yeah no they're scrambling because she knows the whole thing is bogus yeah she knows this is their hail mary
2: And, and it's, it's going to fail. And it's their way to discredit the Supreme Court with the left.
0: Sure. Well, and look, if you're going to remotivate people Which they've already if done they're going to re motivate people that aren't any longer the, the the portion that is no longer motivated to be anti Trump as they were maybe in twenty sixteen or twenty twenty, then this is the tactic to do it where, you know, uh, you you go in and you, well, we believe this is wrong. The courts did this, and the Supreme Court is wrong for doing this, and blah, 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 and now it's your chance to take him off the ballot by defeating him and voting for Joe Biden. Wow, that's got to be hard to swallow. See, there's the thing. Joe Biden in 2020 was the anti-Trump vote, and he still is for a number of people on the left but not as many and now you have the majority of the of his own party that doesn't want him on the ballot they were wishing that somebody else would step in
2: by the way the democrats know <clears throat> that what they're promoting is unconstitutional they do believe That, you know, like we do, that the Supreme Court is going to overturn it based Mm -hmm. on what the Constitution actually says. Mm -hmm. You hear her mumbling and stumbling there because she knows, as you said, she knows what the Constitution says. she She knows that these states don't have the ability to do what they're attempting to do. She doesn't care because it's political. That's why she's caught up in her own confusion and can't answer it because she knows what the truth is. And, of course, she can't speak the truth because she wants, they want Donald Trump to be the nominee. Yeah. They're not trying to get rid of him. Right. What they're trying to do is say, see the Supreme Court, they know what's going to happen oh, here. Yeah. They
0: they know they, full well. Right.
2: They just want to say, see the Supreme Court's protecting uh, this guy and this guy should be out. And we all know that the Constitution allows us to be, doesn't matter whether it's a bald-faced lie or not. It's just the fact that we want... To damage him as much as possible, being the nominee for the Republicans, but Nancy Pelosi knows, and every Democrat in Congress knows, the Constitution does not give the states the ability to disqualify a candidate. That's up to Congress. Yep,
0: they know they're going to lose this. Yep, and they're they using know it.
2: Eight six six ninety Red
1: Eye. Lines open for your calls. Eight six six ninety Red Eye on Red Eye Radio.
2: In Tronite Radio, he is Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Uh, coming up following uh, the bottom of uh, the hour, the whole DEI debate, which got to be lunacy to see on Chris Wallace's CNN
0: show. Mm-hmm. Oh, it turned into a zoo. Yeah.
2: And it gets back to the point where the left is just furious. How dare you say that... You know, she got her job because of DEI. It's like, well, that's what DEI is about, right? The whole thing of DEI is that uh, whites are culturally racist to the point where the entire society must be set up that affirmative action leads every leads everything. DEI is about not differences. In opinion, not diversity in education and opinions. It's diversity in physical characteristics.
0: Well, and And why wouldn't they be celebrating that idea of someone being in her position? Especially with her background. With her background as a result of DEI. This is how it's supposed to work. And we need to continue doing this. I mean... That's what DEI promises, right? By the way, I mean her education background, not her performance
2: background. Right, right. I want to make that clear. Right. But you can't can't have it both ways.
0: You can't can't sit there and say say that we need to do more of this, but hey, we didn't do it here, and how dare you say we did it here, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's what they're saying, that DEI needs to be the policy across the board but how dare you say it was the policy here? Because what you're saying is it would be wrong for her to be in that position as a result of DEI. That
1: doesn't <laughs> make it,
2: sense. I mean, it's just it's humorous. And and I hope they I hope they keep on this. That's one of the good things that has come out of this. And by the way, it was all based you know, their their whole discussion was based on the whole Mark Cuban, Elon Musk thing that started. Wow. Where Cuban just got blasted. Just got – because he wasn't talking about – he talked about what the words to him mean, not what the words mean to the people that are promoting DEI. Yeah. And so he was off the topic to begin with, but still it got to be so humorous because he just got blasted.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. He just got blasted. And it was – as I said, you and I said this last week, we said, anybody else noticing this thing going on here? Yeah. Because we were sitting overnight going, look at this war going on between – Elon Musk and, and Mark Cuban, it's like, but Mark Cuban's playing stupid. Like, well, what's wrong with diversity? What's wrong with equity and inclusion? Yeah, right. Inclusion and diversity is gets like, Mark, you don't know what you're talking about. You're talking about what you believe it is, not what it is in these uh, in these companies and uh, institutions of lower learning that believe they're higher learning, right?
0: Like he doesn't know
2: exactly it was I, I, he was either playing stupid or he's not paying attention at all because he's uh busy he was busy selling his team
0: <laughs> I I just it's over and over again the left runs into its own wall the wall that they built you know and you can't have it both ways with this you either you Embrace it, but you reject it. You reject the idea. Well, she's not in her position. She she wasn't brought to her position as a result of DEI. Oh, wait, aren't you saying that's actually what should happen? You're saying we need to be doing this across the board, but how dare you for saying that we did it here?
2: Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just, it, it's absolutely nuts. I mean, it's but it's, but i'm happy it's happening because we oh, need yeah, yeah, we yeah. we need on on these on the cultural issues especially of racism where it is so obvious and even admitted by democrats for many years that they have practiced and behaved uh uh using identity politics which is you yeah. judge people by groups and not individuals yeah. i know we've repeated this a thousand times but they keep repeating a, thou- a thousand times right. that uh identity politics is good right and just yeah and so right. we're like okay then you're endorsing it and we've been on this for the longest time and still feel that the conservative media and the republican party don't does not hit this hard enough and throw it back in liberals faces you're the racist right you've admitted you're the racist right by by promoting identity politics yep
0: yep and it's Look, to anyone who's paying attention, it's obvious. But it's important to point it out every step along the way. Every step along the way. And I'm with you. I'm glad it's happening. I'm glad this conversation is still happening about the now former president of Harvard. You know, that's the way. And when we said uh, with the University of Pennsylvania. Well, you know, the conversation still needs to, to keep going. This this needs to be this needs to not go away.
1: You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America studios,
2: and he's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. So yeah, over the uh, the weekend, Chris Wallace and his show no. <laughs> on uh, on CNN, uh, he did the subject DEI mm-hmm. and the ouster of uh, Claudine uh, uh, Gay, and. Uh, how it all got into because remember we were, we were this happened when we were going on and they were arguing back and forth and I looked at you on the air and said hmm look at this Mark Cuban and Elon Musk are going mm-hmm, at it mm-hmm. and Cubans playing stupid like he doesn't know what Dei really is and just talking about the words like oh it, it's and as we explained it's like the new anti-racist uh anti-racist movement in this country which is a racist movement yeah they've simply taken a term and maybe the modern uh let's let's label ourselves the opposite of what we are uh, came from antifa yeah now we've been covering antifa to the point where nobody knew who they were and we didn't even know how to pronounce it and we viewed it and said okay they're trying to be anti-fa anti-fascist remember when we called them Mm -hmm. anti-fa and all of a sudden one day Hey, it's Antifa. It is. How do you know? I heard somebody in the network say it. Mm-hmm. Okay, <laughs> but anti-fa, anti-fascist. You know, actually, what they are is a bunch of fascists. They're profa. They're profa, right? And so uh, that thing just blew up. Which I'm so happy that it did. But this was journalist I don't uh except for Jonah Goldberg. Uh, I don't know anybody else here, was uh Lulu Garcia Navarro, mm. Rihan Salman, Kara Swisher okay. and Jonah Goldberg. Now Jonah Goldberg and Rihan Salman are the ones that were, you know, pounding on the modern DEI movement. Uh and so uh I mean it's we'll play just a little bit of it here, but can't play the whole thing because it just gets into being ridiculous, people talking over each other, but uh, it is worth a, a listen to, all right? All right. All right here we go. All right.
6: Most people feel like we live in a meritocracy, when in a lot of cases we live in a meritocracy. You hire people that are like you, you and you see that all over the place. And so people don't quite know where they are, and it's, a very, it's very easy to attack.
2: Uh, Raihan, has, in effect, the country moved on from the so-called racial reckoning we were all talking about after the murder of George Floyd? I think okay, I want to stop that. The racial reckoning. What the hell does that question yeah, even mean? Yeah,
0: right. What, what do you, does it even mean? How do you define racial reckoning?
2: Right. I, I, it's like I can't answer the question because I don't know what you're talking about. What does that mean? Right. Okay, let's continue. Here we
5: go. I think there is a broad sense that that racial reckoning involved smuggling in certain really contentious ideological ideas that weren't ultimately about diversity, but rather were about imposing ideological uniformity. When you're looking at DEI bureaucracies, what really is noxious about them is that they actually don't respect all sorts of diversity, including viewpoint diversity, including the fact that, look, in some cases you have groups that are overrepresented, and that can be okay. You know, the point that J.D. Vance was making about the Dallas Mavericks is that it can be good and healthy and reasonable in some domains to have overrepresentation. That means that underrepresentation can also be. Well, you can say it's ridiculous. You can make that assertion. But fundamentally, the fact that, you know, I am one second generation Asian American on a panel of four. I am massively, massively overrepresented. But I think it's reasonable to say that you're going to judge people based on their merits. And when you're looking at organizations this is, that, excuse that, matter, me, that excuse high performance me, organizations.
6: Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. This is the burden. And I can't tell you how infuriating I find it. This is the burden that always comes with representation. The idea is that because you are a person of color, suddenly um, it is, uh, you are only there because it is some noblesse oblige, it is because some white guilt put you there because there was some DEI initiative, and you can't win either either way you look at it. I mean, what infuriates me is you look at the whole Claudine Gay thing, and and everyone's talking about DEI. This woman cannot win or lose either... if she is there I'm to talk about no, let me finish Dave, let me let me let me finish if she's there it's because of dei that they put her there because she's black if she loses and they kick her out it's because she actually was never good enough to be there in the beginning and she was you can't win in this situation yeah, but it, it, and it is and it is infuriating I, I as get, a person get, of color the, to constantly have this cudgel put on our i get the argument
0: that you can't win but you also can't have it both ways you can't celebrate and tout that someone was hired, and it's a wonderful thing to expand diversity, and Harvard went full tilt talking about how great it was to hire the first black woman, and then say all of a sudden... The
6: first when she's black caught, person! First it wasn't even the Are first I, black woman, it was okay. the first black person! I
0: don't care. The point is, is that <laughs> she got caught obviously plagiarizing, and... That is the, those are the facts that, you know, there's this
6: massive. This was an these, ideological, Absolutely. very well funded. The, the motives and, of the attack and, don't and, change
2: the fact that you plagiarized. And and where I disagree oh, with you, Kara, is when you say.
6: When somebody we, fails who's white and and who's mean, a man, let me finish. You mean like the when someone who fails, yes, when, when someone, nobody, in fact, there's books written about this, fail and then come back. Um, you know, look, pivot. look at pivot. Exactly. Pivot. pivot. Nice way to get in your Thank podcast, you. Um, <laughs> you know, pivot. And then when a person of color fails, all of a sudden it's an indictment of an entire system that the right does. This like. is so <laughs>
5: ridiculous. She was a graduate of Exeter. And Stanford, with a PhD from Harvard, and you she, know what? second you have generation, to be so second generation Haitian was. American, who came from a family that dominated the concrete it's industry in hard. Haiti. She was not the wretched of the earth. She was someone who should no. be judged on her merits. Wait, and I'm her sorry, chief qualification? Black
6: have to be wretched? From, wait, 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 wait. Let, no, let, let, absolutely
5: let, not. But she was selected because she established. The Office of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Belonging at Harvard. She presided over a steep decline in the free speech climate, okay, let, and she also right. targeted right. minority professors ahead, who dissented from her perspective.
2: There you go. Now, at least Jonah Goldberg, and by the way, uh, Jonah is also one of those that was promoting uh, when we played an audio cut uh, a few weeks uh, a few weeks uh, uh, back. Uh, about the entire loneliness is an epidemic, I had him. But he was making good points. He was making good points here, Mm. though. Uh, And uh, Raheem is the head of the Manhattan Institute. Uh, The other two obviously are, you know, without question, liberal. But the fact is, when you set up a system of DEI, and DEI says that skin color matters, And then somebody commits plagiarism, of course, they're going to be open to that criticism that you're putting in unqualified people because of DEI. Right. Or if you're unqualified and don't perform, you're going to get that. You can't have it both ways. You can't say we're going to set up a system that obviously says you should get the job not because of merit, but because of skin color, gender, sexuality, whatever. Right. If you fail, that criticism is normal that you're going to get. That well, you weren't looking for the best person for that particular job. Now, she said, for example, uh, a white man wouldn't have to go through that. Well, that's completely wrong. Are you kidding? If me? you look at Harvard, yeah, Larry Summers got fired. Right. You know, because of that. And we've gone through the number of professors that have been axed from, from from Harvard or marginalized because they have differing viewpoints. You can just tell. But it's funny because they neither of them really give, I think, salient points, but they tell you how angry they are.
0: Yeah. This infuriates me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm well, infuri I can't tell I, you how angry I, I am. I don't care how emotional you are about it. Uh the facts are the facts. And, you know, because part of DEI is also, well, this person didn't have the same upbringing, didn't have the same advantages or, I'm sorry, privilege that someone else did, which is why we need DEI in the first place. And then when she, and by the way, makes mistakes or failure, you want to put it up as, you just want to, Categorize it as failure. Well, no, but what led to the failure? Her own actions. These were her actions that led to her failure. She owns them and nobody else does. Because what they're trying to say is, well, now she's a victim. Well, you're also saying in DEI, in the teaching of DEI and application of DEI, that, well, someone was a victim in their upbringing and they didn't have the same advantages that someone else did, and so we need to make sure that we recognize that and act accordingly. Well, now you're saying, well, wait a minute, you know, she was fired because of her failure? No, because of her actions and that, well, she's a victim here because of her skin color. Right. Right. Well,
2: but you've admitted DEI wants victims right not merit right
0: to choose who they put in exactly and when, when you equity which means equal outcome right not based on merit right
2: but DEI is set up that whites are culturally racist and the rest are victims right therefore the victims Must get the positions because the oppressors already have everything. Exactly, They're the ones that are selling the DEI. They're the ones that are selling the critical race theory. They don't even know what the hell they're selling. They don't even know their own rule book. Don't you even know that when you sell something like this, you say, we're a victim, we're a victim, we must get the position, we must get the position. Oh, okay, you committed plagiarism. Sorry, you have to go. She's a victim. She's a victim here, too. As Jonah Goldberg said, you can't have victim on both sides.
0: You can't. You can't have it both ways. And, you know, that's where they try and go with with pretty much everything. The fact of the matter is, is everybody sees it for what it is.
2: But that just blew up over the weekend, and it was like the response. And Cuban really wasn't responding to everybody, but there were a lot of people, you know, well-known people that were just saying, well. We expect to see a different Dav- Dallas Mavericks team next year. Now. Yeah, right. If you truly believe in the DEI that's being promoted, and they said, "Mark, you're talking about what you believe DEI
0: should be, not what it is." And, if, and you, I- if you believe that, even as a minority stakeholder now, then and you're in charge of operations, from what we know, still after the sale goes through, then that should be a very different looking team.
2: Yeah, and it's like, which well, no-
0: means it would also be a very different performing team.
2: He doesn't even know, or he's plain stupid that he doesn't know what DEI actually is and what it's become I, yeah.
0: in universities. I, I, I don't believe he's a stupid guy. I think you have to go out of your way to make those kind of comments when you're someone like him. Because if that is the case, then my gosh,
2: we just don't say anything.
0: You but don't. He lo- but he, yeah, looked, you don't speak. He
2: that. looked really. Mark Cuban looked really stupid. Yeah in the argument there. I mean it was almost seriously, I know he's a billionaire, but he was arguing like a child. Yeah. It was really bad. Yeah. 86690 Red
1: Eye. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio toll free at 86690 Red Eye.
2: It's Friday Radio, he's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Here's the headline. Speaker Mike Johnson, White House strike spending framework deal.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
2: Mike Johnson and congressional leaders have struck a spending
0: framework. I love that word. I saw that yesterday and I laughed. I thought, you know, Chip Roy was on social media. I thought, well, it doesn't sound like Chip Roy's into the framework.
2: Yeah, the uh, Freedom Caucus said it's dead on arrival. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, was, so I don't was, know how much
2: we'll talk about it. I mean, yeah. we'll mention it and go through what we know about it. But right. we don't, we've learned through experience not to spend too much time on frameworks.
0: Right, yeah, exactly. I mean, the only thing that looked even appealing uh, was, uh, you know, some of the spending for the IRS taken out. And I thought, yeah, okay. But it's, again, it's got to get passed. It's got to get done. Framework so, means nothing. Some
2: border issues uh, uh, to uh, Henry uh, Cuellar over the weekend said migrants come because he's a Democrat. Migrants come because they know Border Patrol will help them. We need mass deportations. Yeah. That's a Democrat uh, stating that Democrat in uh, in Texas. And it's what we said before, the whole thing. And this is why I think Republicans should have hit harder. When Corrine Jean-Pierre was like, well, we wanted more Border Patrol agents, and the Republicans said no. Yeah. Well, what would you use the Border Patrol agents for? right? Processing people into the country. Now, if you're going to hire Border, what is the job of the Border Patrol agents? And Republicans should have struck back hard on that one, saying, excuse me, we're for Border Patrol agents who will actually do Border Patrol jobs, not you know be the facilitators and the people that direct migrants into the country because the administration decides not to follow the law.
0: Right. BP, border patrol, not border processing. Yeah. And you know, that's but you know, that that's exactly where they were going. Let's ramp up and do more of what we're we're doing right now and spend more money on it.
3: Top of the hour news is brought to you by House Products. Visit houseproducts.com.
1: This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, Welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio.
2: All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Oh, yeah. (laughs) How's everybody doing?
0: Welcome to the second week of 2024. Yeah, we're finally going to get our winter later uh, in the week, apparently.
2: Well, actually more a week from now.
0: The real cold stuff is going to be a, a week from tonight, a week yeah. from Monday night? Yeah. Yeah. All right.
2: Like 19 degrees. I'm already, because I'm going out of town, I'm already getting ready to shut down my pool on Wednesday.
0: Yeah. But we'll get some pretty good hard freezes then. before then. I, I don't apparently. close
2: the pool. Just I just shut it down I, should, right. I and make sure there's enough chlorine.
0: Everyone out. under 18 has to get up. Uh, The pool. Oh, I'm sorry. That's a public pool. I'm used to being a public pool. Well, we
2: need more public
0: pools. (laughs) Churches and public uh, public schools. Did he mean public schools? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe he
2: smoked the wrong weed. Uh, I got to remember to play. I got to remember to keep that audio cut around.
0: That was just so horrible. That was Senator
2: Chris Murphy. Yeah. Going, talking
0: about cure loneliness. uh, We need to
2: cure loneliness. Yeah. Ah. Cure loneliness with more churches and more public, no, more community pools.
0: Community pools. That's what it was. Yeah.
2: Public. Yeah. 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 Community.
0: Yes. Right. It sounds better. (laughs) Hey, you're still swimming in the same stuff. Um, but (laughs) I'll let your imagination fill that in. Uh, yeah, that was, that was ludicrous. Maybe he meant community schools. I don't know. I just, that was just, uh, uh, weird. I got to make sure I keep that one around. (laughs) It was just such idiocy that we're dealing with, but it's already a contender for audio cut of the year. though. Exactly. And it's, it's
2: very rare that we have one by January. (laughs) Right. Uh, but the, uh, you know, the whole, uh, Claudine Gay situation, Mm -hmm. Mark Cuban getting involved in it last week and that going through the weekend about, what he believes DEI is, and and instead of, you know, not what he thinks it is, but what it actually is, from the radicals yeah. out there, yeah. um, was just a was just a joke. But I just thought, I can't, because we're going to be talking more about it. But I, you know, Claudine Gay's gone. Who knows how long she's going to be in the mix or whether it just goes to, as it did this weekend, Mm. just the concept of DEI to begin with, which I hope it does. I hope that continues. I'm glad that Mark Cuban either showed his ignorance of what DEI actually is in universities uh, uh, or he decided to make something up. I I, I don't know which it is because you and I were both basically shocked by it. But there was a great article, Beckett uh, Adams wrote it in National Review, the Claudine Gay coverage is pure Calvin Ball. Calvin Ball, for people that don't know, comes from Calvin and Hobbes. It's a game they made up with the rules change whenever you wish to change them. Hmm. And uh, and he writes, he goes, uh, uh, if they didn't have double standards, they'd have no standards at all. That used to be a common joke about certain news organizations. At this point, however, double standards would be preferable to whatever it is that we have now, which is best described as making it up as they go uh, they go along, where we want where once there was lopsided coverage but still predictable and relatively uh, explicable editorial standards, there is now a Calvin Ball style approach to reporting the news, with news journalism rules and standards being invented and discarded daily, and all in a clumsy effort. To placate and protect certain parties. We know who that is. Mm -hmm. Unsurprisingly, the -the on-the-spot rule changes and fly-by-night editorial standards tend to go in one direction only. Depending on whether the editors and journalists consider the story an affront to liberal liberal pieties. Major media coverage of uh, Claudine Gay's downfall as president of Harvard, for example, has been an absolute mess even as irrefutable evidence of her serial plagiarism became impossible to deny or ignore. For starters, uh, major media initially tried to dismiss the story, relying on the the say-so of Gay's colleagues and peers who claimed that the scandal was no scandal at all. In fact, in its very first attempt at covering the story, the New York Times published a report titled, Harvard clears its president of research misconduct after plagiarism charges. The New York Times is ostensibly serious and a professional newsroom. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Uh, As such, it should be familiar with the concept of plagiarism. It presumably has the resources and talent available both to investigate and recognize clear-cut examples of plagiarism when presented. Yet rather than investigate for themselves... Multiple allegations of malfeasance, the Times chose in its first crack of the story to allow Gay's friends and allies to make a determination on the plagiarism charges, a determination the paper should have been able to make for itself. And it's not as if the evidence of Gay's plagiarism was under lock and key. The proof was readily available online at the time of the New York Times initial reporting, along with every other. Major outlet, including uh, the uh, Washington Post and the Associated Press, the Times was scooped on the story of gay serial plagiarism by journalists at smaller right-of-center outlets, including the Washington Free Beacon and National Review, and activist writers like Christopher Rufo and Christopher Brunet. The Times simply chose at the onset not to investigate and to accept the word of gay's peers and subordinates. That would be like the Washington Post reporting several days into the Watergate scandal that it was not, in fact, a scandal because Spiro Agnew said so. All right, I know we're going back a long time, but that's pretty funny. (laughs) Maybe I only find that funny. Uh, Weirdly, the New York Times wasn't alone in this. The Boston Globe. Right across the Charles from Harvard likewise relied on assurances from gay's allies that the scandal wasn't one. But this is not even the worst of the coverage. Some of the press still act as if they don't know plagiarism when they see it. Others still pretend that plagiarism, an issue familiar to every single news organization, is now suddenly so nebulous that only outside experts can pass judgment. Others still insist that the real story is not one of obvious corruption in higher education, but a shadowy right wing saboteurs that walk among us. Remember, the story of Gay's downfall is no more complicated than people noticing that she used other people's words and did not acknowledge it, clearly violating Harvard's own plagiarism standards. Yet behold, the Washington Post news blurb. Quote, the resignation of Claudine Gay as president of Harvard University marks the (laughs) culmination, excuse me, of a conservative war on higher education, long fought on campuses, but this time triggered by hard questions from Republicans in Washington and their allies. You are being asked once again to believe that the real story here is not the wrongdoing, but that the wrong people noticed said wrongdoing. Imagine a headline that read the expulsion of George Santos as a member of Congress marks the culmination of the left's war on Republican lawmakers long fought at the ballot box, but this time triggered by hard questions from an ethics committee in Washington. See how stupid that sounds. Mm. (laughs) One not one cannot help, but laugh at the Washington post reference to the hard question from Republicans that Gay faced at her congressional hearing. The hard question that earned Gay so much initial criticism was Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Why, not even the Sphinx herself could ever devise such a riddle. <laughs> <laughs> Politico, meanwhile, reported that the right got a strong dose of satisfaction by engineering the department of the head of the most influential university in the world. And by engineering, Politico means people who pointed
0: out she plagiarized. Well, think about it. If not by the questioning that day by Stefanik, are you telling me that no one was aware of the plagiarism that had gone on up until then? Think about it. If if that day in front of Stefanik never happened, was the plagiarism covered up? Are they telling us, are they trying to convince me that the plagiarism wasn't even known until after that? Because I have a hard time believing that. Which means what? If it is the case that they knew about it, they allowed it to happen. They allowed her to get away with it. I think this is a perfect uh, example, of, and I'm, I'm glad he did this article to lay out how
2: the media, and I, and I do agree, it's not even just promoting liberal ideas. It's promoting, it's protecting the person by using arguments that they would never use against yeah. anyone right. ever. Right. It's not even a double standard uh, uh, anymore But just to show you how ridiculous, if you you ever wanted evidence, and this is why this article is so important, if you ever wanted the evidence that the media, the mainstream media is not journalism, they are political activists, then I hope we can get to the point where like after um, the Mueller report, uh, when you had Republicans coming out and saying, we hope now that uh, the media will see their wrongdoings and we'll get back to journalism ethics. And we said, Republicans, shut up. Yeah, Don't ask for something that's impossible. Just accuse them of what they are. The correct response was, we told you they're not journalists. They're never going to be journalists. They will protect the political narrative. They are political activists is what they are. And they need to be called political activists. I wouldn't even. Use, if I was a Republican, I would sit there and go, "The political activists. What are the What do you political activists have to say to me today? Yeah, right. you know what's what's your right. questions today? Right. Uh, I'll I'll view some people that I view as actual journalists, but the rest of you I view as political activists. And right there, that entire article, and I didn't get to the whole thing. I just wanted to read the important parts mm-hmm. of it because uh, it continues pointing out more things of just the ridiculousness of of how the uh, the uh, the political activists in the media covered this. Yeah. I mean, you know, this
0: is, look, we all see it. The liberal activists are having to go out of their way to, to try and protect it. And it's not working. And as you said, you know, when we were playing the um, audio from CNN, you know, I'm outraged. I don't care. I don't care what your feelings are about this. I really don't. I care about the facts. And the facts are, she's a bigot and she plagiarized. That's on her, not on anybody else. And then they do go to the Associated Press report that we did hit. Was it last week or the week?
2: Uh, Yeah, it was last week. Harvard, Harvard president's resignation highlights new conservative weapon against colleges, plagiarism. Mm-hmm. Read the headline to the Associated Report on Gay's resignation. Mm-hmm. And he goes, let's try this again using George Santos. <laughs> yeah. George Santos's expulsion from Congress highlights the new Democratic weapon against colleagues, fraud. <laughs> yeah, right. In the story itself, the AP alleged that in referring to Gay as having been scalped, Christopher Rufo treated her mm-hmm. as a trophy of violence, adding that scal- scalping was a, quote, gruesome practice taken up by white colonists who sought to eradicate Native Americans, an obviously warped rendition of the historical fact, one that the AP editors later (laughs) stealthily corrected. (laughs) Because as we all know, Native Americans scalped other Native Americans. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the same story, the Associated Press invented a caveat to temper the nature of the plagiarism scandal, in the case of Gay, it reported, the outrage came not from her academic peers, but from her political foes, led by conservatives who put her career under intense scrutiny. Since when has the origin of a factual claim ever stopped a journalist from reporting a factual claim? As Charlie Cook noted earlier, this brand new made up on-the-spot standard for determining the seriousness of a given story would have absolved even Richard Nixon. Indeed, if the newsworthiness of the allegations of wrongdoing is to be doubted or sniffed at simply because the allegations came from critics of the alleged wrongdoer, then news coverage of the 2024 presidential election will be the dullest in history. (laughs) Opposition research will go right out the window even if it's 100% the ironclad truth. So there you go. Hmm. I mean, it's just, it's ludicrous, but it shows you, I would think the one thing that I didn't read here is the fact of, it shows you the panic in the media. Yeah. Everything that's going on right now, because on every single major issue, I believe the left is backed into a corner and they're really backed into a corner because As we have stated, on many issues, reality now has hit. On inflation, reality has hit. On the border, reality has hit. On the incompetence of Joe Biden, that continues to hit each and every day. Mm -hmm. The story of the uh, Secretary of Defense uh, and the fact that the president had no idea that he wasn't doing his job for a period of four days. I mean, these kind of things, because he was in uh, the ICU, whatever, and nobody told the president. And nobody from the Pentagon really told anybody what the heck was going on. But the president, the national security advisor, never noticed it. I mean, so these things just keep, they just keep building and building. And we have come to a time, and probably, Eric, I think you would agree with me, COVID accelerated this all.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think it ramped it up because it was just so concentrated in such a short period of time. It just ramped Mm -hmm. everything up. And And it's insane.
2: And so I sense a tremendous amount of panic right now. No, no matter what happens in the 2024 election on the issues, yeah. they can't win. eight six six ninety Red Eye.
0: Brought to you by Hotshot Secret.
7: Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller. And I'm here to share a tip on speed and space management. Due to safety concerns, many motor carriers have policies that limit or prohibit the use of cruise control. If your motor carrier does allow you to use cruise control... You should only use it in good driving conditions during daylight hours and on roads that have light traffic few curves or hills and a consistent speed limit never use cruise control when operating in adverse driving conditions including wet icy or slippery roads during rush hour in heavy traffic or on congested highways at night or when you're tired or fatigued during all of these driving scenarios you want to be controlling and adjusting your speed as you drive instead of having to suddenly brake if you encounter an obstacle. In the case of a slippery road surface, you want to be able to slow your vehicle by not accelerating instead of using the brakes whenever possible. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com.
1: We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
2: TriState Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up, following the bottom of the hour, a framework budget deal has been reached. Oh,
0: framework! About that framework. Framework.
2: framework. Yeah, and, framework. And a Yonkers, New York school fires her basketball coach and kicks a player off the team after the anti-Semitic incident during the game, which, mm. from what I read, was absolutely horrendous. Yeah. I mean, it was another basketball team playing a Jewish team. And there were things like "I support Hamas, you effing Jew," end of quote was one of the quotes that yep. was. And sent if, if by I'm an official, to the
0: game ends there. Everybody out. Wow. Unbelievable.
1: Threat to democracy if you don't download our app, Red Eye Radio.
2: And he's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. House and Senate negotiators reached an agreement on a government funding top line Sunday. You're saying, what the hell does that mean?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, a framework. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, I don't know. Uh, taking a critical step toward avoiding a shutdown later this month, the bipartisan deal will set the federal government's discretionary spending at a maximum level of five one point five nine trillion dollars. That's discretionary spending, folks. By the way, that doesn't include yeah. uh, you know Medicare, Social Security, all that stuff. But the uh, discretionary spending at a maximum level of one point five nine trillion. Now, mm. I want to move on further from this. We'll cover the rest here in a minute, but the one point point five nine trillion, okay, that's the maximum level is one point five nine trillion. That's what the government's selling you, okay? right. Democrat leaders said the final top line would also include an additional sixty nine billion in non-defense discretionary spending that was part of a McCarthy and Biden side deal at the time. That would bring the total to roughly one point six six trillion. So why does the story tell me? That the top line is one point five nine trillion.
0: <laughs>
4: mm,
0: In maybe fact, because they don't have a deal,
2: not only that, but the bipartisan deal will set the federal government's discretionary spending at a maximum level of one point five nine trillion. Except, we don't want to put it up to one point six six trillion, so we're leaving out or whatever it is one point six whatever. It is. Yeah. So we're leaving out the the extra 70 billion we're going to spend.
0: Yeah. And
2: then they, then the 1.59 is not this is the kind of crap you read and you're just like stop it.
0: It's from a separate deal. That's a separate deal. Of the now, framework of the separate deal.
2: Just so you know the total figure the 1.59 trillion figure was part of an agreement mandated by the Federal uh, Responsibility Act last year. A compromise reached during debt limit talks between President Biden and then Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Oh, so so then it's good to know everything changed. So then the additional $69 billion, again, part of another side deal made by McCarthy and Biden, And so it looks like the amount is exactly the same as what they were promoting during
0: McCarthy. Oh, no wonder he's leaving. My work here is done. (laughs) Johnson said the new agreement would see some additional cuts
2: to discretionary spending to offset the deal. Even though we don't know what that is yet. Which is why it's simply a framework because they have no idea it means what it's going
0: to be. Exactly. Framework means nothing. We've said this many times before. Stop at the framework. Signed. That means something. My gosh. Well, and as you mentioned earlier, the Freedom Caucus basically saying this thing's DOA.
2: Yeah, and again, it's a framework, so I'm not going to put anything into it. Yeah. Framework. This framework. I'm so sick of hearing that.
0: Imagine. The uh, the bank. One of your creditors calling you. Listen, we need to know what you're gonna do about your payment. Well, I have the framework together.
1: <laughs> <too>.
0: <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> ah just the that the framework. And it doesn't include another $70 billion of other frameworks or frameworks that were before prior frameworks. Seriously, it gives me a headache. My bald spot hurts.
2: Meanwhile, Democrats and their media allies are pressuring Republican leaders to endorse a $14 billion slush fund that would hide President Biden's migration flood during the 2024 election campaign. They ought to give me the money. I need to protect the border, Biden told reporters (laughs) last week about his emergency supplemental funding request. Uh House Speaker Mike Johnson and other GOP leaders said the funding uh, will be used to accelerate, not block the inflow of Biden's poor uh, economic inflow of Biden's. Uh, he goes. He, they write poor economic migrants. I don't know where that where that. I mean, I I would say that yeah. I mean, they would be poor by the standards. I don't know where that label came from.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, during the 2024 campaign year, what the White House is proposing is more money. To process and allow illegals into the country, Johnson told CNN host Jake Tapper on January 3rd, we need to do the opposite. The funding fight is hidden from the public under the media's skimpy coverage of Senate negotiations on the border reforms and dramatic uh, demands for aid to uh, the embattled Ukraine and Israel. Those negotiations have uh, stalled amid the Democrats' determination to protect their parole backdoor at the border forcing the democrats to step up their demands for the 14 billion you know and i i mentioned it before henry quayar on saturday's broadcast of fox news channel uh fox news live representative henry quayar of texas democrat stated that migrants know the border patrol is not going to push them back they'll help them that's why so many people are coming to the border quayar also stated that despite the fact that the overwhelming majority of asylum claims are rejected, we haven't seen mass deportations. Cuellar said, look, you can add a border fence, you can add more border patrol, you can do other things, but if you don't address that pull factor, which brings people over here, and that is it's very simple, they know that they can get to the U.S. border and the border patrol is not going to push them back. They'll help them. Border Patrol is processing them right now, and then they're going to be released into the United States, wait four, five, six years for an immigration hearing. And if they show up, if they show up, 87% at least, the figures that we've seen for the last 25 years, 87% of them are going to be rejected. But once they're in, have we seen any mass deportations, there are over a million final deportation orders right now. Cuellar says there needs to be money for ICE to perform deportations. And that's why we had said last week, and we thought Republicans, and we thought, you know, if if it's going to be, you know, uh, it's got to be Fox News or the New York Post or Newsmax or somebody that has to ask the question, you say you want Border Patrol agents, with those border patrol agents, you say that the Republicans don't want border patrol agents. I don't know any Republican that does not want extra border patrol agents to keep people out of the country. Right. What the Republicans tell me they reject are border patrol agents use not for border patrolling, but for border processing and allowing the migrants into the country. Right. If that's the case, that's where you have the problem. So you're not being honest with the American people. Because you're telling them, you're giving them the impression that the Republicans don't wish to close the border and you really can't make the case, that case. Yeah, right. But that's what they're trying to do. And that's where we get into more, Eric, of the the line that is just pathological, which makes even, you know, the whole uh, Lloyd Austin defense secretary disappearing or being in the hospital and nobody knowing it or nobody telling anybody, and the president completely clueless for four days. It's just what a complete stinking mess this administration is.
0: Well, it is, and over and over again, you know, as they try and position things for November 5th of this year, uh, it, it just comes flying back in the wind at them. Everyone knows on the border, everyone knows who's responsible. It's Joe Biden. Everyone knows who has the ability to change it it's joe biden he doesn't have the political will to change it there's no intention by joe biden or any democrat other than a handful of border democrats that politically want to do something different you're not going to you're not going to convince joe biden he needs to do an about face and this Bold-faced lie. I need money so I can secure the border. I'm sorry, your guy Mayorkas told us it was already secure. Yeah. Several times. Which is it?
2: And now says it's not.
0: Yeah. No, the lies are very apparent. And and the equation is very apparent. You know, they're also lost in the back and forth. Um, the Democrats and, and those in the Biden administration believe that the back and forth, the day to day back and forth that you and I and our listeners and those, you know, who are who, you know, insist on getting involved and being every day uh, caught up on everything that's going on, every detail of everything that's going on. They believe, you know, the, the Biden administration believes that the average American is caught up in that but the average what the average american sees look they're not the average american isn't sitting, sitting going oh let's i can't wait for the latest inflation report they've already paid for it they know they go to the grocery store all the time they pay for stuff every day on the southern border it doesn't matter whether you're in a border state or not every town is a border town every state is a border state they see what's going on they know who's responsible So the political back and forth of it doesn't resonate. They can lie all they want to, but they can't change the truth. I saw
2: Denver at least $150 million is going to cost them.
0: Yeah, right. And it's not going to be turned around. The reason that you have Mayor Brandon, uh, Mayor Johnson in Chicago, and Mayor Adams in New York City is because their constituents are screaming. And Brandon Johnson in Chicago has got to be hosting here in just a matter of months the Democratic National Convention in his town. And things aren't going uh, well for either of them when it comes to their approval ratings as mayor. So they're screaming, you know, blaming it on Greg Abbott. That's bogus. Everybody knows it. That seemed to die by the time we got to Sunday. It really did. it? It really did. It really did because there's no and, way to do it.
2: Unless it was just the fact that the left and, and we had stated this back uh after after January sixth, probably January seventh or January eighth, mm-hmm. we said no matter what what defense you try to give, you cannot win the imagery of not even the people inside, but it mm-hmm. was the people crawling outside on the building. Yeah. That was the yeah. kind of stuff you just don't see. That was the and and even inside, you know, the it, it, what was going on inside the building, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of different things going on. It's a pretty big building, so one whatever happened in one area may not happen in another area. But mm-hmm. the it's what it's the only thing they got. So you knew that everything was going to be January sixth mm-hmm. over the weekend. So yeah. everything else moved to the border. But the thing is, that's driven. That is driven by, the 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 Democratic Party uh on on January 6th that's driven by them and on the other side by some members of the Republican party with which what they view are injustices as we've always said I want more transparency on everything that happened on that particular day you can get all the transparency in the world you're not going to win that imagery with the american public right we said that from day 1 mm-hmm. you can even have some victories with some of the people with, you know, were they overcharged? And I believe they were. Mm-hmm. And you may have court victories down the road, but it's still not going to change the American public's impression. That's already determined. That's over with.
0: Mm-hmm. In well, fact, that's, that's not even on the top of mind of any voter. I was about to say, it's, it's, it is something they've already compartmentalized. Whether they see it completely accurately or not, they've already compartmentalized it, and it is behind them and keeping yes. it alive for any reason is ludicrous. And and
2: so that but
0: they want they the
2: democrats had to bring it up. I and mean, that, that was driven by the media well, yesterday.
0: Gonna, and we said it, you know, we said it back yeah. then when it happened. They're going to use this in 24 and they're not going to stop between now and November 5th. Yeah.
2: 86690 Red Eye
1: coming up more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
2: our radio he's our Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara I'm just you and I were just both looking down the list of uh
0: the golden Globes. and I yeah I'm like I, I don't know, I, I, don't know. I, I don't know don't I don't know, know. I don't know don't know yeah, don't the, know it never saw it I mean I heard <laughs> Oppenheimer
2: I heard of that and I heard yeah. of the one you just the western that you told me about uh
0: killers like, of the flower moon yeah about I mean, the Osage I, Indians I
2: heard about that and yeah. I just thought that forgot to tell you this but uh during vacation mm-hmm I don't know how, but whatever whatever streaming service I have, Barbie was for free. Yeah. Now, I would never watch it. Yeah. But just for the show, I did. Five minutes of it. Yeah. And then I was done. I couldn't watch anymore. Mm. And to me, it was horrible.
1: This is Red Eye Radio. On Westwood One.